I've been thinking a lot lately about endings, specifically that feeling that comes when whatever you're working on or even whatever phase of life you're at ends. When you get to the end of the pavement on a project and you ship it and you're standing on the edge of the ragged unknown, looking into the vast land in front of you and thinking, well, now what? I've had more moments like this than I care to admit. I remember feeling it when I knew my comedy career was winding up, when the joy had left and I'd started to feel a new hunger for something more, but for what? I felt it at the end of relationships and most recently at the passing of my father a year ago and I'm left with this empty feeling like the presence of an absence. I feel it now too after identifying as a humanitarian and travel photographer for over a dozen years. I'm now feeling like the tide is changing. I'm not sure I want to keep getting on airplanes and spending weeks on end in places that feel less and less like home. But if not that, then what? I have nothing but speculations and suspicions and a collection of maybes and what-ifs. This podcast is one of them. So is the book I'm writing right now. But after years of coming to this familiar place, this liminal space, which isn't quite an end and isn't quite a beginning, I've got some ideas. I'm David Dusheman, and this is episode 18 of A Beautiful Anarchy. Let's talk about it. Every time I finish a book or a project or launch some new thing, there's this wonderful moment of release, a mixed feeling of relief and joy and a bit of loss too, knowing that the thing I had worked so hard on that has consumed my thoughts and even my affections as well as my scorn at times was gone. Like this constant companion with whom I had worked for months or even years has just vanished. There's something quite wonderful about seeing the work of your hands, heart, and mind go out into the world when it stops being just a possibility in your mind and becomes a tangible thing, an album, a book, a painting, that new thing to which you can sign your name. But if I'm right in saying this feels like release, I think it's often followed with an anticlimactic sense of being without an anchor, like the boat's been untied from the dock and it could just drift forever if you let it. The freedom very quickly gets replaced by something less desirable. I don't know if you can identify with this. This is the problem with you and I being so separated by time and space. If we were sharing a drink or a meal, I could see your head nodding in agreement or that look in your eyes that says, this guy needs medicating. But I'm going to gamble that it's similar with you, that you and I aren't so different. I'm going to assume that you've been there before asking, what now? No matter what you make in your creative life, there is an equivalent of the blank page. It's a daunting thing for something so simple and empty, isn't it? I think it's the emptiness that makes it so. When it's empty, there's so much possibility. But the moment you put your first mark on it, you say, I am starting here. Of all the places I could begin, I choose to start here. And from that moment on, each choice begins to feel like a movement into fewer and fewer possibilities. And each move carries with it the risk that it won't be the right move. So we end up sitting there, chewing the end of the pencil, thinking, what should I do now? Or where do I go from here? Assuming you'd rather be moving forward than stalled there with your angst and that feeling you get in a dream when you're trying to run but you can't get your legs to move like you're up to your waist in butterscotch pudding, the answer to those questions is, where do you want to go? And if that isn't clarifying, how about, where is your curiosity leading you? These days, the standard reply seems to be, follow your passion. But I'm beginning to believe that passion is a fuel, not a direction. Passion is a kind of momentum, but it's not a point on the compass. So it's not particularly good advice. It's freeing, but it's not helpful. 
there are better ways to determine your trajectory. And so much of it depends on our personality and the point we're at in our career and life and circumstance too. It's amazing how our plans change on a dime. In 2011, I had all kinds of five and 10 year plans. And then I had an accident in Italy and I shattered both of my feet and it all pivoted so quickly. Suddenly my plans for the coming months and years all got scuttled and I was lying in a hospital bed thinking, well, now what? And my questions changed from following my passion to considering my possibilities. Possibilities are points on a compass. What is truly possible right now is a good start when asking what next. Because my passion lying there in that bed, the thing that I wanted most of all was to be walking down the street on any corner of any city in the world rather than lying there hoping the nurse wouldn't trip on my catheter tube again. But that wasn't going to happen, not then. So what could I do? I could write. I could write all day long or as long as the painkillers let me before things got all kind of head foggy. And in that time, I wrote some of my most heartfelt articles and a book that was mostly coherent. And given the drugs I was on, I call that a win. But it's not always so clear. Our possibilities often seem less obviously constrained by circumstances. And I would argue that can be a more helpless feeling, creatively speaking, than being stuck in the bed from which I couldn't move. The constraint of being in that bed, the decision was made for me, was tremendously freeing in terms of my creativity. So if you're asking, what are my possibilities, and the answers are too many to be useful, then consider better questions. I don't want to tell you which questions to ask, but where am I needed most right now, or where can I bring the most value might be a good start. What would I start right now if failure weren't an option? That's another good question. What one thing can't you stop thinking about? What one project scares you the most or demands the most of you? Maybe start steering in that direction. All of those might be clarifying questions in the sense that they might give you hints about possible next steps. But here's the thing. I suspect it probably doesn't matter where you decide to begin as much as it matters that you begin. That boat I mentioned, the one in which we can feel adrift at times, it needs to be moving to steer it. So start anywhere. Put the brush on the canvas. Write a first line. Put as many irons into the fire as you can and see which one burns brightest and excites you the most. We often cling to this notion that we need to know where we're heading in order to get there. But if we wait until we know where we're heading, many of us will never get out the front door. Furthermore, it's just not how the creative process works, iterative and evolutionary as it is. We need that forward momentum. But often we're so bent out of shape about what the next step is that we forget how speculative this all is. And if you take that step and it leads to a dead end, Better that you get there, find that out, and change course with some speed. Don't get in a flap about it being a mistake. It's just a detour, and it could contain the piece you're missing right now to head in the direction that will eventually feel right. If you're feeling directionless right now, you're not alone. I don't mean that in an abstract way either. I am right there with you. Not exactly drifting. I'm heading somewhere because I'm doing my work, I'm daily sitting down to write, I'm making my recordings and making photographs. The boat is in motion, but do I know where? I haven't got a clue. I'm at a place of transition right now and asking, what next, often enough that it's starting to feel like a mantra. But I'm not asking it helplessly, and I'm not waiting until I have answers before I get moving, because it is only in doing the work and exploring the places that work brings me to that I have any daily sense of my progress. And slowly, I see hints of direction, clues to what might be around the corner. But they are only ever hints. 
even when I'm sure I know what's next, even when I think I've got it all figured out, because we never really know. And you asking the question, now what, is about as honest a question as any artist has ever asked. But only if you then go looking, step by step, for the possible replies. Waiting for it to come to you is a long wait for a train don't come. I wonder why we value certainty so highly and act a little embarrassed by the very idea that what we are making right now is just play, just some wild and speculative experiment. When did the creative life become so focused on ideas like mastery that we forgot to engage in the kind of play that alone can lead to that mastery? So much of this is about perspective and the questions we ask ourselves. Could it be that when we say, now what? Or what next? It's just not a complete question. Do we mean instead, now what do I do that is a guaranteed success? What do I do now that will take a little less risk and bring the most rewards? Does that more complete question give you a sense of why you're so paralyzed? But is that why we create in the first place, to get the most reward for the least work and risk? I don't know why you do what you do, but I've got a feeling it has something to do with the making itself, not because the world needs more photographs, but that you need to make them. Not because there is a lack of good music out there, but a lack of your music, and the magic is in the discovery. That is the reward. If that's the case, the time spent wondering what our next steps might be can be dark and feel lost and drifting. Here's a segue for you. They say when you're feeling thirsty, it's already a little late to start drinking water. You probably should have been drinking water all along, and the same is true in creativity. Coming to the end of a project and then thinking, well, now what, with no ideas waiting in the wings to begin playing with, is when we risk losing momentum and all the connections that seem to carry over from project to project, those little sparks that die out if we let them. This is why your notebooks are so important. Some people keep journals, some use programs like Evernote, I use both. I also use my iPhone camera and make photographs and screenshots all the time. Anything I see is fair game. I use voice memos too when it makes sense. And I clip all of this into this messy collection of thoughts and what ifs and questions so that when I finish a project, I have possibilities waiting for me, the signs of which are often already right there in my journals as I become aware of the approaching end. Which, by the way, almost never takes me by surprise because I figured out a long time ago that I work best with deadlines. I know it's not romantic. We like to think the muse can't be tamed, but I will work her like a rented mule to get my projects done on deadline. I work best that way. A deadline and a production schedule is an excellent constraint for me. What the ending looks like is often so different than what I imagined, but when the ending comes is never a surprise. And if I know when my projects end, I know when the next one begins and I plan for it. Or I try to. I'm a work in progress as much as the things I make are. Now what is an invitation to begin something that is yet unknown with hesitant steps. But to do it now. The word is implied by the question. Now what? Don't put it off. The key part isn't the what. It's the now. The what will change. It will reveal itself to you as you put the first words down, make the first photographs, start the sketches. It doesn't have to be a good start. It just has to be a start. And the time is now. Thank you for joining me. If you're enjoying A Beautiful Anarchy, I would be so grateful if you'd leave a review on iTunes or wherever it is you choose to listen. If you've got comments or questions, I'd love to hear those too. And you can get in touch by sending an email to talkback at a beautifulanarchy.com. 
I publish A Beautiful Anarchy three weeks out of four, but you can still get your fix on those fourth weeks by subscribing to On The Make, my monthly kick in the creative pants that I send straight to your inbox. You can subscribe by going to abeautifulanarchy.com, scrolling to the bottom of the page, and telling me where to send it. I'll also send you a copy of my short ebook, Escape Your Creative Rut, Five Ways to Get Your Groove Back. And every month, I'll draw the name of one subscriber to whom I'll send a signed copy of my book, A Beautiful Anarchy. Thank you as ever for being a part of this. Until next time, go make something beautiful. Beautiful.